StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. Today, I do have an expert on crowdfunding here with me. Hey, Jamal, how are you doing? Hi, Jan. Thanks for having me. Totally my pleasure. There's a very simple reason for you being in my podcast. Not only that you're one of the founders of Crowddesk, where my frequent audience may already know Johannes, your co-founder, but there are changes on crowdfunding regulations on the horizon on the European level. And that is something we want to take up, especially since the changes are a little bit in the future. So everybody can get ready now, stay ahead of the curve with us. Can you give us like a little overview? What is now possible in terms of crowdfunding in Germany? Yeah, in Germany, we have several chances to, to, to raise capital. Um, first of all, we, we introduced, um, on a national basis, on a national, uh, level, um, several legal, um, regulations, um, in 2015 and then in 2017, which enables costs, which enables uh, companies and, um, and issuers to raise up to six million euros, uh, without, uh, creating a prospectus. And addressing um, retail investors via an internet platform, um, that is already possible. The the maximum, the limit of um, an investor uh, who can invest in one single asset or one single company is up to twenty five thousand euros, unless he is um, he's no retail investor. If he's a professional or institutional investor, he has uh, no limit um, for his investment. Yeah, that's the 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 brief a brief uh, summary to the regulation which is given in Germany on, on the national level. Let me quickly get uh, two buzzwords out of the way. A prospectus means you have to hire a very expensive, usually very good law firm, and they have to draw up a perspective which can reach something like 50, 100 pages where you have to detail like all the stuff that is going on. It's very expensive. It has liabilities in it. So startups usually want to circumvent it because as I said, it can be very costly. But if you're looking for that amount of money, you totally have to do that. And the second one was uh, you were talking about a professional investor and that is something in Germany and in the US, it is always defined by certain income and asset levels or profession pro, levels of professional knowledge that are uh, in the local, uh, in the national security laws. And therefore you have a special uh, separation here. So retail investors are a little bit more protected by law and for professional investor, well, you lose the money, you have to live with it. That's basically the rule. So. Now we're talking. You're absolutely right. Sorry? You're absolutely right. <laughs> you have to live with it. You took the risk, you knew it, you lost it. That's it. No complaining. Um, but let us now talk a little bit about what changes are on the horizon, uh, what's like the dimension of the law, and where does it apply? What is, what is coming now is the, the ESCP. That means um, EC, um, the ECSP stands for European Crowd. 
crowdfunding service provider. Um, it's a new law which enables crowdfunding platforms to operate not only in their country, in the specific country where they where they started, but also to address in particular 500 million European potential investors. Uh, that means um, it is the, the first regulation for crowdfunding in Europe which um, enables crowdfunding platforms to scale up on a European level. Um, that is the main the main difference to the to the current uh, situation. Um, the ECSP um, enables issuers then to raise up to five million euros without prospectus, but they can address uh, investors in every European country. And that is something which is absolutely groundbreaking because this is this is something absolutely new, um, especially for for companies which um, uh, in, which are operating within the financial sector. Um, this uh, heterogeneity, which is given by the the national uh, regimes, is completely broken up. So that we have here in this case um, an an homogene um, regulation. Um, to to scale up um, crowdfunding on a European level. That means, for example, a startup from Estonia can make there with a local crowdfunding company campaign and can raise funds all over the European Union in Paris, in Stockholm, in um, in Berlin, in wherever Lisbon. All the European Union, one rule, one regulation, and the usual disclaimer that doesn't hold true for taxes. But that's a topic we totally have to skip and you totally have to work out with your tax professional. Um, we, you've been talking about uh, up to 5 million. Are we talking about equity? Are we talking about debt? Are we talking like a mix mezzanine capital? In general, there are different financial instruments. Um, um, this, this is up to uh, the national uh, regulations. In Germany, um, uh, we, we can use securities um, as financial instruments that covers as well uh, equity financial instruments. Um, and on the other hand, um, so-called Vermögensanlagen. Um, this is a group of financial instruments, for instance, for example, the uh, subordinated loans or participating loans um, are part of this group of, of financial instruments. And these are the, the financial instruments covered in Germany. That means if you are an issuer, you want to raise money and you are settled in, in Germany, um, this is the specific uh, uh, dimension on the, the specific um, set of financial instruments you can use uh, to raise money um, in, in, to, in whole Europe. Mm -hmm. That to, to, totally makes sense. Um, so we we just realized you can do different instruments. You could do debt, you could do equity, and the upper limit for across the European Union is 5 million. Can you give us a little bit more uh, input on terms of the time horizon? When does this regulation come into force? And uh, let us first talk about the time frame and then about your expectation for this in the future. It is uh, already adopted last year by the by the European Parliament um, and uh, by the European uh, Council. Um, that means um, it is given law, but um, there is a transition period of twelve months. That means um, um, until 
um, mid of November this year, that means 2021, um, the, you can't, you only can apply for a license, but you are not, you cannot start to, to operate uh, under this license. That means um, uh, up, um, you have to wait until, until November. Um, but then you are eager to, to start um, operating from your specific country where you're settled and offer different issues and financial instruments to uh, the whole of Europe. That would mean basically the authority, I assume in Germany, the uh, legal authority would be the oversight body of financial services, BaFin? Exactly. The, the ESMA is, um, is creating this process and the, the, the regulation on an, on a European level. The ESMA is the European authority for that. And the national regulators cooperate closely, uh, with, with the ESMA on this topic, uh, to introduce this new regulation across Europe. And in Germany, you're absolutely right, um, uh, Jan, uh, it's, it's the BaFin, um, who, uh, is in charge for that. So basically on a European level, the ESMA, I think it's European Security Markets Authority is in charge of setting the rule and the local, uh, the local regulator is in charge of doing the real regulation and the licensing. Um, j j just some technicality here for the startups who are now eager. Ha, I want to get funding under this rule. Um, is it like, that the BaFin, uh, for example, here in Germany, the oversight body already has the applications. And basically, when uh, the time is over, like December 1st or November 20th or something, they just uh, send out a letter and say, okay, you got the license, or do they then start with uh, the certification process? Well, this is this is uh, a crucial point, a crucial aspect, which you mentioned. Um Uh, we, and I represent also the German crowdfunding association. And as the, as the association, uh, uh, is in good discussions with the supervisory authority, um, we made this point clear that, that we, that we want to do, that we want this, this scenario as you described. But, well, at the moment, I'm not that optimistic. But we are eager to, we are eager to, to enforce, um, everything we can do, uh, to, to, to get this, um, to get the licenses in November. But, um, yeah, it will be hard. So for every startup out there, check your local crowdfunding provider. Most of, most likely they will be already around. Talk to them about licensing and then you can make sure like they get their license on November 15th and you can start your crowdfunding on November 16th because I do believe coming out of Corona, hopefully the majority of people will be vaccinated. That could bring an uptick in startup activities and that is pretty good timing for new funding instruments like this. Um, Getting to the last part, because we, we've been talking back and forth a little bit before the recording and you're tight on time, you have to jump. So can you give us a little bit outlook on what you would expect? Not, a, not for 2021, say the majority of licenses are granted across Europe in 2022. What effects do you expect there? Do you, do you really think it becomes again a more important funding instrument for startups? In my opinion, in my personal opinion, uh, this makes absolutely sense. Um, and, and European regulation on that um, is, is 
is absolutely game-changing. And uh, we already had impact on regulation in other countries, um, uh, like the U.S., for example. Um, and the, the, the problems we want to address um, in, in this case, to, to facilitate the, the access to capital for small and mid-cap firms is, is exactly that what we want to, to change. And, um, and I personally think, yes, it could be a game, a game changer. This is up to the supervisory authority in Germany and in, uh, across Europe, of course. It's up to them how they, they handle that. And um, there are specific points which we have we had addressed in the past uh, because they have to, in terms of liability and who's in charge of uh, 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 faults and um, what is the risk, the correct risk assessment for investors. But in in general, I, I'm absolutely a fan of this of this regulation, and um, I, I guess uh, it could be a game changer if it's handled correctly. And um, for the for all the companies, not only for startups, it's it's of course for startups, but um, all other companies have a new access to capital and a digital way to raise money. And this is something which which enables them to 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 handle their company as they want. And so I, I'm absolutely optimistic about that. Well. Uh Best of luck for that. You'll also provide us with a link to the association website so people can stay informed and also all the investors who are now curious to invest in European or German crowdfunding service providers, they can go down in this association and have a look at all the amazing firms that are uh, members there. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, and Thank you much. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.io podcast or check for the StartupRad.io internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.io skill as well.